Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. And this is our podcast called... I Married a History Teacher. Coming at you from sunny Baltimore, Maryland. Sunny, hot, and humid Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. When I say sunny, I actually mean it this time. Sometimes I say it in the winter. It's not that sunny. Oh, yeah, that is true. You just kind of like to say sunny Baltimore. I do. I do. Mostly it's a lie. That wouldn't go that far. When you're saying it, now that I think about it, it's usually nighttime. When we do these Oh, pods. damn. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Now it's 6 o'clock on a Friday. Yep, Stevie liar. That's not what they call me. <laughs> now they do. Call me Stevie truth teller. <laughs> okay. Um, Lisa, it is June. It's the month almost, of June. Yeah, it's June. We're almost done with June. We're almost done, but uh, Lisa, do you know what month June is? Yes. What is it? Is gay Pride. It is. Bill Clinton did that back in the 90s. He was El Presidente. Did not know that. Yeah, child molesting president. But anyway, <laughs> that's for another day. Um, yeah, he named this month, the month of June, Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. Mm-hmm. So I thought we could take a break from BLM and talk about another marginalized community and talk about the LBGTQ community. Mm-hmm. I should clarify something, Lisa. All right. I'm mildly dyslexic, so saying LBGTQ is very difficult yeah, for Yeah, your face looks like you were just full of it's, terror. It's hard for me to say. It's yeah. a lot of letters that are like somewhat arbitrary in their order. It's difficult for me to remember. So I'll probably just use the phrase gay community. I think that's fair. Just, you know, I'm, what do you want me to do? I'm dyslexic. It's yeah. true. You're also a marginalized community. What is that? The dyslexics. Yes, thank you. Yeah, they're made fun of by their wives all the time. Yeah, (laughs) not even my fault. It's just how I is, you know? (laughs) It is how you is. But anyway, yeah, we didn't, you know, we're not, you know, still know that this BLM thing is big. It's going on. Yeah, of course. There's lots of ways to support the movement without podcasting about it, so. Sure, yep. And I also thought... Not to take away from the experience of what has happened in the gay community and ha- their battles, but I thought because we did two heavy episodes in a row, we should make this one a little bit lighter. Okay. So instead of talking about like Harvey Milk and you know stuff like that and all these like struggles and political struggles, I thought it would be just be kind of fun to talk about this concept that Pete Buttigieg brought to life recently when he was running for president, which is the concept of have we ever had a gay president? Mm. What do you think, Lise? Um, I mean, just statistically speaking, uh, maybe, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because this is actually what Pete argued. Oh, really? Because someone, he was at an interview, I forgot who was doing the interview, but they said, what, like, what does it mean to you to be the first gay president? And he basically responded by saying, you know, statistically, I'm probably not the first gay president <laughs> because four and a half percent of adults identify as being homosexual. Identify. Right. So that's at least 4.5% of the population we know is that's homosexual. Openly yeah, openly identifying. Right. And we've had 45 presidents. Right. So that would suggest that at least two, two. of them. Yeah. yeah. That was quick math, Lisa. I had to prepare that math. 
You just did it in your head. You're right. so smart. I'm so smart. It's insane. We should get you a math podcast. I'm just, I am a calculator. <laughs> Human calculator. Yep, yep. Lisa, you're the prettiest calculator I've ever seen. Aw, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so technically we should have had two gay presidents. Um, now I'm just thinking of like bejeweled calculators. and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, so technically, in theory, we've had two gay presidents. Yeah, so I thought it would be really fun to talk about potentially two gay presidents. You know, but so this is totally different and I hope this isn't insensitive. But if you applied that logic to everything, you know, you'd be like, technically we've had like about 23 female presidents. I mean, about yeah. 50% of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a Obviously good point. Obviously it's different. That um, is a good point. But it is, okay. But yeah, but given obviously the, the fact that people don't feel comfortable coming out even still, and of course it was yeah. quite scandalous back then. So. Right, and I do want to touch about this sort of at the end, like what, you know, we can talk about this stuff and sort of what it means for our society and our culture and everything like mm. that. Uh, we don't just have to like sit here and speculate on these two men's private lives, you know. Okay, so you've, you've actually identified two men that you think were gay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Let's hear it. Uh, one of them, though, is just sort of like... There's really more that I'm almost positive was gay, and then one who we just have to talk about. And who do you think we have to talk about? There's like one very famous president who everyone always sort of speculates is gay. Wait, okay, sorry. You said one you think you think is gay. Yeah, so we're going to talk about two presidents. One of them I'm almost positive was gay. And then the, the other, other one's one, like a maybe. Eh, maybe. And you ask me who's the maybe? Yeah. He's like super famous. Uh, Jimmy Carter? What? I don't know. This You've the never first time heard I've of ever... a super famous president maybe being gay? Are you being serious right I'm now? I'm being dead serious. I'm, All well, right, here, let's, never given let's, any let's thoughts, do an exercise. Honest. Name the most well-known, appreciated president we've ever had. Lincoln. Lincoln. You've never heard of Lincoln being gay before? No. Are you messing with me? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I'm Did sorry. you know that there's literally... A wing of the Republican Party called Log Cabin Republicans, and they are gay Republicans because of Abraham Lincoln. I knew that they were Log Cabin Republicans. I had no idea that's that was right. Yeah. yeah well, and so, also, I, sorry, I want to clarify. Sorry to cut you off. I want yeah. to clarify that it's not necessarily that they're gay Republicans. They are more, they claim at least to be Republicans that are in support of gay rights. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, um, yeah so here's the thing with me. I am not one of those people, I, I just don't think about people's sexuality, right? Like, if you were to make me sit down and think about it, like, I actually had this moment when I was watching this interior decorator show, because I was like, man, that guy is really cute. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Okay, he's probably gay. Like, just, like, thinking about some context clues. But it's honestly, it's not, it, it, unless I'm asked to think about it or ask myself to, like, consciously think about it, it just... I don't know. Like now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But I didn't really. I don't know. Do you, let's dive into why people suspect he might have been gay. Well, one. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about his wife, and so that's kind of the mean thing. I was going to bring it up, but like really rudely, a lot of people will talk about how unattractive Mary. Oh, I wasn't got. thinking about her looks. <laughs> just that they seemed to, like she seemed like a kind of a harsh woman, and it seemed more of like a like a. More of a dynamic in terms of like intellectualism than. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about that. There's also a lot of talk about how Abraham Lincoln really didn't want to marry her. Like he even called off the engagement at one point. 
but then mm. like went back and so he like really begrudgingly got into that relationship mm. and like they had a respected relationship like they definitely looked for each other for advice and admired each other and stuff like that but mm. you're pretty correct in that it wasn't necessarily seen as a super affectionate relationship yeah you know and now that i'm thinking about it and now that we've learned actually this kind of ties to the blm stuff you know we've learned that yeah, there was one side fighting to free slavery, but like everyone was racist and, you know, it was still a, a very unsupportive time in general. And I would feel as though if you were part of any marginalized group, um, that you might be more sympathetic to another marginalized group's struggle. So if you were to be a closeted gay man, you know, maybe that played a role in in his choices to support abolition. It's um, a good thought, for I sure. Mean, as a Jewish I mean, girl, yeah. I mean, like, you grow, I mean, it, it changes you. I mean, like, yeah. if you learn about something like the Holocaust when you're five or six, or maybe seven, you know, it, it does. It you, you look at the world differently, and you think about those things at an earlier age. I think it just affects you, so. No, I'm with you. I mean, I could see that being, an, being a thing, but I also grew up a straight white middle class male. Yeah, you don't have any of the struggles. Well, no, the dyslexia. Yes, sure, sure. <laughs> but I like crush my dyslexia. You do. It's definitely yeah. <laughs> not, it's definitely just a, another part of your charm, very frustratingly. <laughs> it is kind of funny. You're not the only person to say that. Like yeah, I have to apologize for right. how many like typing mistakes I make and speaking mistakes. Mm. And everyone just sort of goes, don't worry. It's like part of your thing. Of course it is. And I was like, what the hell? All right. It's all, about, it's all about how you wear it, you know? <laughs> yeah. you got to wear it well, and you do. Uh, yeah, you're dyslexic, start a podcast. You know? <laughs> Tell them you don't really, show the world you don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's get into why people think that he was gay. Um, the big thing is that he was very close friends with a man named Joshua Speed. In fact, they shared not just a home together, but a bed together for four years in Springfield, Illinois, in a log cabin. Sounds cozy. Um, by the way, speaking of log cabins, um, I'm going to try to start using my Twitter account again. It's called Lincoln Blog Cabin with no I in the cabin. Uh, you know, still there. <laughs> not not getting a lot of traction. Um, but anyway, uh, there's that. And there's also the fact that when they no longer were living together, they wrote each other. And when they wrote each other, it was very... Sensual. It was very almost romantic. It was very loving. Mm. Um, That's adorable. Yes, it is not the type of thing that you hear straight males today communicating in that way. Unless, you know, like the closest thing we get is just getting drunk together and be like, dude, I fucking love you, bro. I love you, bro. Yeah, fuck. So like, I love, love you, bro. I've a thousand of those conversations <laughs> in my life being around you and your friends. Yeah. Um, yep. So that was like basically the, you know, I guess if I had to make an equivalent of it, that's kind of what it is. Mm. They they would say very, you know, very nice things to each other. They would miss each other very much and they were not afraid to say it, including saying things like, I miss sharing a bet with you. (laughs) Um, It is also reported that he apparently later in his life, we're going to go back to Joshua Speed in a little bit. But later in life, he apparently also had a bodyguard. I think his name was like David Derrick or something like that. Okay. 
he was married, the bodyguard. Yeah. Had 10 kids. However, when Mary Todd was like away, they shared a bed again. Hmm. They slept together. Okay. And this was just open, like common knowledge? Yeah. And so here's here's kind of the rundown of the why. Like if you hear that right now in this modern era. 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 I really struggle with that one. In this modern era, if you hear that Abe Lincoln was sharing a bed with another man for four years and then when they separated, he basically wrote him love letters, you'd be like, oh, they're definitely gay. Uh-huh. But here's what some historians argue, including most of his biographers, um, which is that this was a totally different time, especially when you were way out west, which Illinois was in the 1830s and 40s and 50s. That was the west. It was, it was like undeveloped, uncharted land. And the reality was is that there were very, very few beds around. You know, mm-hmm. there's not like 14, you know, mattress discounters in every damn town. It would have been really hard setting up an Airbnb back then. Yeah, yeah, you're damn right. I'm glad we didn't pick that time. You are damn right. Um, okay, all right. So there was just not enough beds to go around. Yeah, and they were hard to find. And like, Even all if you're married with a wife. I mean. No, no, no. This is not when they were married. Oh, you're talking about the bodyguard thing? Yeah. That, yeah, we can come back to that. Okay, but talking just about talking on love. Joshua Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it apparently was not that uncommon for out west for men to sleep in the same bed together, um, especially because these log cabins are very basic. They're basically one room, like one big old room. Maybe there was a loft, you mm. know. So like your whole house was like right there, and you just had the one bed. Mm. And it wasn't that uncommon. Again, as I said, share the bed. And the other thing they argue is that people just spoke differently back then. Yes. Everything was more romantic in a way. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, think about, like, it's not like you could go online and go onto Facebook or whatever where you have, like, 300 friends. The world was much smaller. Yeah. So it was, like, really easy to develop these really close relationships. Okay, okay. So that is the argument for why he's not gay Mm -hmm. and that we're just, like, looking at it through a modern lens. Yeah, but, I mean, the bodyguard is, like... That adds a little. That does because it seems very unnecessary. If you are a man who needs a bodyguard like the president of the United States and the wife leaves and all of a sudden you start sleeping with a man, little bit suspicious? A little suspicious, yeah. Yes. Now, there's one point that sort of leads to why he would be gay that I want to talk about after we talk about the next president. Okay. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to come back to this overarching thing. Yeah. Okay? But the other president, who I'm almost positive was gay, that we need to talk about, interestingly enough, do you know what number president was, Lincoln was? Seven? Seventh. Abraham Lincoln was the seventh president in the United States. Are you making fun of me? I am absolutely making fun of you. <laughs> I don't know. Sixteenth. Yes, it is the sixteenth. Okay, that was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second guess, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. There's something to do with number seven in him. I don't know what it is yet, but it'll come to me. No. Uh, seventh president was Andrew Jackson. Woof. Woof. We're about to talk about Andrew Jackson, too. Oh, he's gay? No. Oh, good God. No. <laughs> um, James Buchanan was mm. the 15th president. So interestingly enough. Back to back. Back to back, yes. As Jake would sing. Now, what we teach in our public schools in this country is that 
George Buchanan and essentially was the first and only bachelor president we've ever had. Mm. Probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, if a bachelor is defined as not married. Well, or is it just defined as yes, not in a monogamous actually, relationship? You know what? That's a good point. I shouldn't have said probably not. He was definitely a bachelor. He just wasn't only just a bachelor. He was probably a bachelor because he was a gay man. Yeah. Um, let's talk about James Buchanan a little bit, Lisa. Uh, from uh, also grew up in a log cabin in Pennsylvania, um, because it was far west Pennsylvania. He pretty much became a career politician. He was a House member for about ten years, um, and or sorry, twelve years. And for ten of those years, he lived with another man in Washington D.C. when they were in session. Mm. His name was William Rufus King, mm. from the very pro-gay state of Alabama. <laughs> and they lived together, again, 10 years, long time, neither of them married. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the way people look back on it is that everybody sort of knew they were gay. People would give them sort of nicknames that were like, you know, slightly offensive, but just how people referred to them. So they would say stuff like... Um, they would call them each other's better half. Mm. Um, and they would call William Rufus King Mrs. Buchanan. And they would call, um, sorry, flip it. This is my dyslexia messing with me. Okay. So King was called Mrs. Buchanan. And then they would also call James Buchanan Mrs. King. And just like there's just all like a countless accounts of all different politicians Claiming they were gay, saying they were gay. Of course, Andrew Jackson, who was like a notorious, basically, I mean, lack of a better term, he was just redneck uh, <laughs> from the fucking backwoods of like Tennessee and South Carolina that wasn't even like state territory yet. He would call them Nancy boys, oh, which is like, I can't believe that phrase is stuck for so long because he's still somewhat around as a derogatory term. Kind of, yeah. Maybe died out like 10 years or 15 years ago. Yeah. But I guess if you said it, though, people would still know what you're talking about. That's you know? true. Um, like, for example, I was did in my research, I found that some people said of Abraham Lincoln and Joshua Speed that their relationship had streaks of lavender. And streaks of lavender apparently was like slang for homosexuality, essentially. Well, that's a nice way to put it. It is. But that didn't last. But Nancy boys did for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, those two, very similar situation. Um, they basically just lived together for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when James Buchanan became the 15th president of the United States, he was a northerner when the North and the South didn't like each other at all. Guess who James Buchanan named his vice president? Oh! <gasps> His, his better half? His better half, William Rufus King, became his vice president. And they wow. earned the nickname in D.C. as Buck and his better half. That's what everyone called him. I don't think better half is that insulting, right? It's not insulting. I mean, that's what people say about straight couples, too. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. It's, like it's only insulting in the sense that they're like, we know in, what's up. Yeah, it's people implying that they know what's up, right? Yeah. Um, Buck and his better half. Buck and his better half. In fact, that's... the country. There is a name written by a guy who studied James Buchanan and their relationship with King for seven years. He wrote a book called Buckingham's Better Half. Wow. Um, 
Were they good? You don't really hear a lot about Buchanan. Yeah, so James Buchanan was a terrible, terrible president. Um, and a part of it, some people claim, oops, um, like they blame their relationship for at least part of it because leading up to Lincoln, the North and South were like hated each other. Yeah. And the three presidents leading up to Lincoln, it's like uh, Pierce, Buchanan, I forget, the, I don't want to get caught up on it. Those three presidents are all almost always considered to be the worst presidents because if you think about it, they let the country fall in the Civil War. Right. That's about as bad as the leadership as you can have. Yeah, that's true. And Buchanan okay. was the last president before the country fell in the Civil War. And a lot of people say that he should have been way, way harder on slavery because, you know, he's this northern president. Right. Um, in a non-slave state, and he just, he was like, actually actively expanding slavery as the president and people some people claim that he was doing that because the person in his ear the most was this guy from alabama who was his closest confidant and everything um that's a shame it is and it's too bad um so the ultimate sort of thing i'm going to read you is is a quote from one of the letters they wrote to each other at one point, William Rufus King was named an ambassador in France and was sent to France for, I think it was like two years. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, wrote to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Both of them burned the majority of their letters and correspondence between each other. Yeah. Okay, so we have very little correspondence between them, except for a couple letters somehow escaped being burned. And I am going to read to you the quote that James Buchanan wrote to King, okay? Okay. I am now solitary and alone, having no companion in the house with me. I have gone a-wooing to several gentlemen, but have not succeeded with any one of them. I feel that it is not good for a man to be alone, and should not be astonished to find myself married to some old maid who can nurse me when I am sick, provide good dinners for me when I am well, and not accept from me very ardent or romantic affection. So he's basically saying, I'm trying to get a dude to come live with me. I can't. I'm going to end up with some old woman who can take care of me and doesn't expect any love and affection. And this is their letters to each other? This is written. Why don't they just be like, or you could just come back from France? Because it was his political career. I mean, he's like there until he's there. You know, I don't know. Oh, sorry. I'm actually reading from this quote. He wasn't in France. He was in England. Okay. But anyway, that is a letter they wrote to each other. Um, apparently, the response to that letter, it was actually King saying something along the lines of, I'm, I hate to see you unhappy, but I'm actually glad that no men are answering your calls because of how jealous I'd be and stuff like that. Well, that's even more damning. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's just like these people were clearly in a relationship. Um, and then there's yeah. the fact that he never got married. Um, he was had a couple female relationships that were just like didn't go well. Like, he was unhappy and all that good stuff. Mm. I'd be more sad if he didn't expand slavery. <laughs> What's that? I'd be more sad if he didn't expand slavery. But yeah, yeah but right. still. Um, but yeah, that's the story about how we may or may not have had two gay presidents. And I think something that we need to talk about is just like what. It, 
I don't know. Let's just have an open discussion here about like, so one thing I want to point out is that the phrase homosexual didn't even exist until 1868 when both of them were already dead. Hmm. And it wasn't like you just like people didn't live as out of the closet gay men, period. It just wasn't a thing. However, mm. apparently what was a thing mm. is that it, you just didn't talk about it. Some men had sex with other men. Yeah. They would get married to women. They would have families. And they would just have sex with other men. And people just really didn't talk about it unless it was like these sort of like, you know, you know, under your breath sort of calling them Nancy boys sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're Andrew Jackson, you know, right. but other than that, people didn't talk about it. They really didn't care. Right. It hadn't become like this labeled mm-hmm. thing where it was like that guy's gay. He's a spawn of the devil and like shouldn't be allowed to be in politics. It's just kind of the way it was. Yeah, it's that concept was actually introduced to me in grad school um, from a different region of the world. Because, you know, I mean. We're, I was, we're still pretty young. I mean, we're always going to be learning all of our years. I was even younger back then. And, you know, you kind of accept the world as it is, right? So it doesn't even occur to you that, like, that, that there was a time where these, like, people could be having sex with people of the same gender and it wouldn't be, like, the result wouldn't be them being labeled as part of a certain group, mm-hmm. right? That they would just and have sex with other people. And that would be that. And so I actually, we read this really interesting articles in my Middle East studies class. And it was this pretty scathing, um, like scholarly article, uh, basically bashing the international gay rights movement. And I, and I think it was written by someone that was gay. Um, essentially saying that they had kind of endangered the rights of men and women that were having same-sex relations in a lot of the Middle East because they imposed these labels and had also then heavily associated it with Westernism. Um, and so before, it was kind of fine. I mean, if, I'm, I'm sure there was things said sometimes, but it was like, you know, sex was sex, and you had sex with some people that, that were your gender, and you, you had other sex that weren't. And, um, and there really wasn't any problems with that until this whole gay rights movement came and then all of a sudden the government started pushing back and outlawing things and there became real punishment associated with the behavior so Mm -hmm. it's really interesting how this all all evolved and it gets so hardened in our heads about groups and, and whatnot and I do wonder if like maybe it would be better if we went back to like you know, sex is sex. The, it is an interesting concept, right? Because you mm-hmm. think that we've had like this linear progress of, of yep. things slowly getting better for people who are attracted to the same sex. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe it's not that way, right? Maybe mm. this is more cyclical than we realize. I mean, yeah. to your point about like Middle Eastern, and like very famously the Greeks and the Romans used to have sex, like men were having sex with each other all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like with soldiers. Yeah. Like that movie 300 that I talk about sometimes that I actually credit for being wildly historically accurate. Mm-hmm. There's a moment in that movie where one of the Spartans calls the Athenians like boy lovers or man lovers or something. Mm-hmm. But that was wrong. The Spartan warriors, like these ultimate fighting dudes, mm-hmm. like they grew up like at the ages of like 15, 16, 17, when all those hormones are going around, mm-hmm. 
surrounded by other boys in training. Yeah. And they apparently had sex with each other all the time. Then training would end. They'd go back to their wives and they'd start families. Mm. And that was just totally normal. They right. all did it. Lisa, it was so... They had so much sex with each other, apparently, that when they would go back to their wives, in the tra- when they were training the army, they all had shaved heads. And when they went back to their wives so they could get used to having sex the way they are used to having sex, their wives would shave their heads sometimes. Well, I thought you were going to say, and that was the invention of doggy style. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was part of it. <laughs> um shave their heads. Man, that is quite the sacrifice. I mean, if you're spending like three years in training having sex with other men, almost like, I don't know if this is an oxymoron, almost like masturbatorial sex. Yeah. um, Yeah. Then it's going to be what you're used to, I guess. It might be an adjustment to have to have sex with a woman with all this long-ass hair flowing around. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, we, I mean, it's all, yeah, culture can shift so much stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we've gone up and down in a lot of this stuff throughout the years. I mean, we've talked about in in Germany before Hitler took over, it you could be openly gay and there was no problem. Yeah, super progressive in yeah. the, the Weimar Republic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really interesting, and I think it's also a shame because yeah, when you start, I think so much of like the people being boxed into to groupings and all this oppression, it really has to do with people's own discomfort with their own sexuality, right? And yeah. you always talk about sexuality on a spectrum. I mean, literally what you just said, I mean, history will show you that. Right. And then when you when you make it so rigid, then people are like, you know, now I'm thinking of American Beauty. I don't know if people have seen that, but, you know, you have this dad who's super anti-gay and it turns out that he's actually gay himself. Is that what happens in that movie? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you're making a face, and I was like, wait, I forget. Well, I was about to say something, but I want to let you finish your point. Oh, just that I I think in these, I, I guess it's kind of a Puritan sex thing in general, right? That the, that the United States is based on Puritan values has a lot of discomfort around being open about sexuality, and then there become rules, and then when there are rules, people get upset about breaking them, and... It just leads to this kind of gross, you know, treatment of people. Right. Exactly. Mm. I would also like to throw out there that the more anti-gay you are, the gayer you are. I mean, <laughs> it's just a fact. You know, have you ever seen the movie The Most Hated Family in America? Uh, no. It's a documentary about that Westboro Baptist Church who are so so anti-gay that they'll go to like funerals of soldiers and say that the reason a soldier is dead is because there's gay people in America. Oh. You don't know about the Phelps family? That, that sounds, hearing that actually sounds familiar. Yeah, they're in Bruno. That movie Bruno. I only saw Borat. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, so there is a family, they're a church in Topeka, Kansas. The church, don't get too angry. It's like literally only two different families who abide by this shit and they're just like mm-hmm. excessively anti-gay. Mm-hmm. But really, the documentary should have been called The Gayest Family in America. Because if you are that afraid of homosexuality, I'm sorry, you're afraid of your own gay thoughts and you want to be straight. Right. Fred Phelps, the the patriarch of that family, gayest man ever to live. Yeah, no, I mean, I think when people can't deal with their own internal struggles, they make it external, right? And uh, no, I think that that is a really good point. Um, It's a shame that people behave that way. Um, if there is a hell, mm. Fred Phelps is definitely in a hell of his own making. And it's just 
a room full of beautiful women. And that's his hat. Um, well, I do think, I think hell, the, now we're going to get all weird about concepts of heaven and hell, but I absolutely, I think hell is on earth. I think people create their own hells all the time. I think hell is your own mental prison. I really right. do think that. Should, they're sort of creating that for themselves in, yeah. in a way. Yeah, and it's, I've also, you know, I've, it, I feel like people have seen these quotes before, like whatever you like hate in another person in general, whatever you find to not, like whatever you find distasteful, like it, there's something in you that, that has that as well. Maybe you're suppressing it and whatnot, but like if you're reacting so strongly to certain qualities or things about people, it's saying something about yeah. your internal self. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so no, I mean, I guess it's yeah. not surprising. I, I, I really wish people could learn to love themselves because, uh, I mean, that's, I guess the Beatles are right, you know, all you need is love. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> this is quite the ramble. <laughs> yeah, that you... Uh, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, yeah, though, sure. So. No, that's what that's, this they is say. About, a good pot is yeah, as long right. as Lisa's happy. Yeah, then, uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> Screw sure, everyone sure. else. Screw a theme or a topic. <laughs> hey, there's a theme here. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's yeah, the world, Earth. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so on this topic, I, I do need to bring something up because okay. we are we're not DC people anymore. We are hardcore Baltimore. We are all in on Baltimore. We are all in Baltimore. Why be less when you could be more? Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. we used to be DC folk. Baltimore against the world. We're retired <laughs> DC folk. We are, yeah, we are um, in. What do they say about lawyers? Uh, we're in recovery. Yes, we're recovering <laughs> DC people. And a story recently come out came out about uh-huh. no pun intended about Lindsey Graham. Oh yeah, sorry, that took me a second. That's a good joke. No, it is a good joke. Give me a I, giggle. I know. Well, I was gonna giggle, but then you were instantly getting upset that I wasn't giving you recognition, <laughs> and I, my emotions were everywhere. Okay, so yes. <laughs> so it, there's a thing that recently happened with Lindsey Graham, who mm. is a very famously anti-gay congressman from South Carolina, yep. where basically like a hundred male prostitutes in the D.C. area came out on Twitter and were, like, telling their stories of being hired by Lindsey Graham, and apparently he insists that they all call him Lady Graham. <laughs> and he's just apparently gay and uses gay prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when this came out, you know, we're all texting people that work in D.C., Republicans that work in D.C., and their response was all the same. It was like, yeah, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, the least kept secret in Washington, D.C. It's really not that different than James Buchanan. Yeah, you just got to be in the know, no. Yeah, it's just like you're in the know. It's just like that's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's bizarre. It's like this is, you know, it's it's 2020. I mean, be a law cabin Republican. I don't know what to tell you. Right. You know, and he's really a hypocrite on two fronts because he's also a law and order guy and prostitutes are not legal. Right. That is mm. very true. That nope, is nope, very nope. true. Um, so that's out there. I guess some things haven't changed that much if, if similar relationships are being carried well, on. We are still the same flawed creatures that we were back then. It's true. Yep. It's insane to think that Ellen DeGeneres got her show canceled in the 90s. I was just, wait, sorry. I just need to clarify. I, when I said flawed creatures, I was not referring to being gay. I was just saying that we're... Or judgments. Humans are humans. Yes, I thought humans that was are humans. clear. Okay, good, fine. good, good. Okay, sorry, what about Ellen DeGeneres? I just think it was, so, it's like not, if you think about like, oh, we were constantly progressing and for people's rights and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We apparently had a gay president in the 1850s and no one cared. 
But in the 1990s, someone had a, a lesbian had a, a TV show and was canceled mm. because yeah. she was a lesbian. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I mean, this stuff isn't as progressive and linear as people think it is. Like, that's absurd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just getting back to our earlier point. Yeah, yeah I, it's to, I, I, I personally find it insane how much has changed over the last 10 to 15 years in this space yeah because 10 to 15 five yeah yeah i mean i yeah i mean obviously like the most momentum after when was the supreme court decision that was in obama's 2012 20 yeah i don't remember the exact year i was in dc yeah it it was after i graduated so at least 2012 but um that's all to say i mean it's like i I, there's this article I remember reading, and it, I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but it was this article about friends, and it was written in, like, the early 2000s, I think, or maybe late 90s, and the way they were referencing gay characters, like, it was, they were basically making it, <clears throat> it would, like, it was, like, acceptable to, like, hate them or not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. were tiptoeing around it, whereas now, like, I mean, I think even across the board, whether, you know, whatever political spectrum you're on, I mean, people, I, I feel like we've made super duper strides, but like, it's just crazy. The language, they were just like, ee, 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 I don't know. And now it's just like, yeah, you're gay. So what? Yeah. You know? Quick side note. Um, the other great 90s show and the other, I mean, the far superior one to Friends, Seinfeld, <laughs> they tackled it by... Their joke wasn't necessarily offensive. They would talk about being gay. They're like, I'm not gay. People think I'm gay. I'm not gay. And then they go, not that there's anything wrong with that. Hmm. Right? So it's like they at least knew where things were going at least. You know, like we should. That is Just to be clear here, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm not gay was the general joke. Got it. Yeah, honestly, I don't even remember what they were saying. I don't know if friend. Wait, no, friends is known about being bad about gay people. I can't really remember anymore. The Friends is, uh, yes, we you know, you six beautiful white people living perfect little lives prancing about New York, mm. you know? Seinfeld was real, you know? It was about real shit. <laughs> it was about everything and nothing. Yeah, sure. Um, Again, a lot of tangents this episode. Yeah. yeah. It's just you gotta go with the flow. You know, so we're two white people that tackled BLM, and now we're two straight people. Tackling um, Pride Month. Yeah, you're welcome, world. Yeah. Where would you be without our take on? This? I don't know. We kept it pretty <laughs> historical, and you know, no, history's history. Yep. Um, so it's all good. We should all talk about all things. Mm-hmm. Special shout out, by the way, before I forget, because we're getting to that time where it's time to start wrapping up. Special shout out to our man Josh, who designed yeah. our logo, the I Married a History Teacher logo. I asked him to do a special one for Pride Month. And as usual, he knocked it out of the park. He did such a great job. You all have already seen this if you're listening to it at this point. So thank you again, Josh. Thanks, Josh. We miss you. Yeah. Soon this pandemic will be over (laughs) and we'll all be dead. I mean, we'll be (laughs) able to hang out. Either way, we'll hang out when we're dead. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Yes. All right, Lisa, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, I, I suppose I am. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Ooh, I, what, <laughs> you love this part of the podcast. Um, I'm excited about our weekend project. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. You don't want to share about that. It's just kind of basic. Like everybody's getting into planting and building planters right now. Oh, I thought everyone's getting into bread. 
That too. Okay. A lot of free time on our hands. Okay. Well, I don't care. I don't care how basic it is. I personally am proud of our gardening. Yeah, we're doing good I mean, for being such noobs. Like, my, yeah. we got tomato plants out there that are 100 feet tall. Yeah, not. I tell you, know, they're. It's of exaggeration. 40 there. feet tall if they were a foot. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. No, we all have, like, we both have our different plants that we like to watch and get really excited to update each other on, even though they're, like, all within viewing for both of us. It's weird that I'm all about the food ones, <laughs> the ones I can eat. <laughs> I like some of the food ones. I'm really getting after the celery. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because yeah, now I have celery juice in the morning. Look it up. It's got a lot of great benefits for you. Yeah, I like that doesn't celery juice. good, but... It does, it does a lot of jobs for your body. Yeah. I also make bone broth now. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Get that collagen in you. Exactly. It's great yeah. for your, your hair. It's also sure. nature's multivitamin. Yeah. And, you know, Americans are just really bad about eating all parts of the animal. And there's lots of other beneficial parts besides just the muscle. And so if you can get the collagen out of the marrow and stuff, there's just a lot to be had. Beef knuckle, people. If you ever are out in your farmer's market or something, you see some beef knuckle, grab it, boil it, collagen, it's great for you. Yeah, beef knuckle, oxtail, um, and uh, other soup bones are all great for it. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, I don't know, and I don't care. I don't care. Can we just tell them what we're doing this weekend really quickly? We're building this really this contraption. It's gonna be out of cedar, and it's gonna be a more formal compost bin. We've been kind of having this weird half makeshift one in our backyard, and then um, there's gonna have a little bit of a storage unit on it, and then um, a vertical planter where we're gonna put a bunch of other. I don't know what we decided to grow there yet, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Let's just build a structure first. It's gonna be a lot of work. It is gonna be a lot. We to need work. to be able to store shovels and stuff like that behind it as well so yeah it's gonna be a big ordeal a lot of elements it's mm-hmm. our first project we did not we, we did not go small yeah well it's our second project i made my planter out of the old table oh yeah that is true all right yeah. so we're basically seasoned professionals yeah uh we can be hired for that um <laughs> 30 know 30 dollars <laughs> if you want us to do a project for you involving planters um, also, don't forget about advertisements. Still happening. Thirty dollars for uh, thirty seconds of airtime. We'll say whatever you want us to say. Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything you want. That's not me. No, dude, I'm doing it. I'm selling out. <laughs> I'm like freaking big. Okay, that's not racist. I'm, I'm big oil. I'll do anything for money. Wow. Just kidding, folks. I won't say shitty things on my podcast. <laughs> um, Ooh, that scared me at least. I thought we canceled out. Let's get out of here before we actually only close out of this thing. All right, let's let's leave. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Yes. Um, we're getting out of here. Um, my name is Steve, and I uh, was a history teacher. My name is Lisa, and I uh, married him.